Today's daf is daf Chavtes, page 29 in the Hidig Mesech Saita, and we pick up from the Rebbe Yishmael. Okay, now this Rebbe Yishmael is seven lines from the top of the Yomud. Count seven lines, it's the last two words on the line. Okay, the last two words on the line are the Rebbe Yishmael. Again, seven lines from the top. And today's Sugya is going to focus on um, two different uh, topics. We're going to be we're going to wrap up the sugya that we had yesterday, as far as the makiris, the sources of uh, prohibiting her to the husband, the adulterer, and truma. Now, remember, within that conversation, we also mentioned an opinion according to Rabbi Shmuel, and that's what we're going to pick up. If she's ushered for truma, she's certainly going to be ushered to now go marry a kohen initially, even if she's a widow. Okay, let's say. She's waiting to drink the soda waters and she becomes a widow. So she's certainly going to be us over there. That's going to be the sugya that we're wrapping up here. Uh, it's going to take us about uh, three quarters of the way down until the two dots. So here we go. Rabbi Shmuel, according to Rabbi Shmuel, why are we assuming that the Pasuk's coming to forbid her from eating Truma? And the prohibition of marrying a Kayin as a Saita. Is going to be learned out from Truma. Maybe it should be the opposite. I'm sorry, not the opposite. Maybe says the Gemara. Maybe what's the pasuk needed for the Kahuna to pro, to forbid her to a Kayin? Utruma Sharia, and she's taka allowed to eat Truma. Basically, like this, very simple. The Nitma tells me she's according to Rabbi Shmuel, she's usher from eating Truma. The Gemara is saying mechatesi. Maybe it means she's usher to marry a Kayin. And if you're telling, and if it would mean she's usher to marry a Kayin, guess what? There's a chance she would still be allowed to eat truma. So why are we excluding truma? Maybe exclude kain. Shaila, more of a shaila. So the Gemara says, Amar Lach, Rabbi Shmuel will say to you, Mistavra dumya debalu bayil, that truma, uh, truma makes more sense that it's connected to both the. It's closer. It's more closer connected to the baal and the bayil than kuhune is. Why uma balu bayil Just like the baal and the bayil. It's during their lifetime that the Saita becomes usher to her husband and she becomes usher to the adulterer. Okay, obviously it means during their lifetime, otherwise not into Aser. Aftruma nami mechayim. So too, when it comes to the prohibition of Truma, it means while the husband and adulterer are alive, which is coming to exclude Kahuna, which would which would apply even la'achar misa, even after her husband dies, she's going to remain. She's going to remain usher to her uh, to, to the kite. Okay, Rabbi Akiva. And according to Rabbi Akiva, met He says that's not a good svara or you could say isla. Hitaka holds it is more similar. There's a concept out there that even though you technically could learn something out from a kavachaymer, there are times where the pasuk will write it specifically. Okay, beautiful. So that wraps up the clarification of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel's uh, machlaikas. And along with their makairis, their sources, as well as why they argue, what's the issue they find with the other one source, period. All right. Omar of Gidl Marav, Rav Gidl says the name of Rav, you should know, Dovrashish by Dasli Sho'el, Ve'im by Dasli Sho'el, if you have something that has the ability to ask from it, and something that you don't have the ability to ask from it, that we made a difference yesterday. We said there's a difference between a saita, where we're going to say suffake, 
Sofik Bershosa Yochid, we're going to be Machmer because you can ask. But if it's something you cannot ask, we're not necessarily going to be Machmer. May high Kronov go thrown down for the following Posik, by Bosar Shariga, Behol Tome, Lo Yeachel. The Bosar that's touched, Behol Tome, that the meat that touched anything Tome, Lo Yeachel, may not be eaten. Vadai Tome, who delay Yeachel. It means that when it's Vadai Tome, you are not allowed to eat it. Oh, Sophic Tome, the Sophic Tar, Yeachel, with the Sophic Tome, and the Sophic Tar. You could eat it, but then aim a safer. Let's look at the end of the pasuk. That's how you can eat it. Make yourself in. Amazon box outside. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Sounds good. Make yourself at home. Whatever you do at home. <laughs> Thank you. And as far as the meat, any any person's allowed to eat it. Only a person who's vadetar is allowed to eat meat from a carbon. The person is a doubt whether he's tamay or tar. He's not allowed to eat meat from a carbon. Okay. So you see that you have exeris akosov here. That, uh, telling me that when you have the ability to ask a shayla, that's going to be tame. But if they don't have the ability to uh, speak to, it's going to be tahar. V'ishrich the Rav Gidol Marav, V'ishrich the Megbar Misaitin. Rav Gidol Marav's proof that something is, uh, when you have a suffix, it's only tame. Um, if it has the ability to be uh, questioned, is different than learning it out from Saita. That why? He says, if I would have learned that from Shittas Rav, I would have thought to say, There's no difference whether it's in a Rishos Yachid or Rishos Rabim. The halacha is, if it has the ability to answer the question, a suffix will be taught. There's no difference ge- geographically. And I also need to learn out from Saita. If I would have just mentioned Saita, I would have thought to say, I would think not only do you need the knowledge uh, to be able to ask, but you also need knowledge from the one that is um, that is actually touching. So you need thing, the thing that's creating the Tumah and the thing that is becoming tummy, both the source and the and the continuation of the Tumah. Maybe both of them you need the ability to speak to. The same way by Saita, you could talk to her, you could talk to him. Yeah. So therefore, tri, uh, tri, uh, therefore, Tzricha, we need that source as well. Beautiful. Period. Two dots. End of that sugya. We're now at the two dots. About uh, seven lines from the bottom. Going back to our Mishnah. Brand new sugya. Let's get back to the Mishnah. I want to introduce this Gemara. There's a few things that need to be mentioned. And this Gishmak is stuff. This is very Gishmak. Here we go. The part of the Mishnah that we're going to be learning about is, we'll just learn the introduction, what we call the Dibra Maschil, the opening words. Bay Bayaim, on that day that they opened the, the pews of the yeshiva, Rabbi took over, Darash Rabbi Akiva, Bekol Klicheres Vechulu. Rabbi Akiva made a drasha telling me, Vechol Klicheres, which is, if you have food, that is a Shani Hatoma. Listen closely. Listen closely, Chavar. Make sure we're familiar with these concepts. There's something called Avi Avais Hatoma. The father of the father of some. What's an Avi Avais Hatoma? Corpse. Mace. Okay? You have an Av Hatoma, which is the source. You have a Rishain Hatoma. In order for something to become a first level Toma, it has to touch an Av Hatoma. 
There's something called a Sheni Hatoma. You follow me? A Sheni Hatoma is something that touches the Rishon. So you have a corpse. Somebody touches a corpse. Okay? And then somebody touches the person who touched the corpse. And then somebody touched the person who touched the person who touched the corpse. So each one of those is going to continue in impurity, but on a much lesser level. Okay? Now, until when? How far does impurity spread? So, I want to listen close to this. This is a, this is a lesson in life. There's a there's major foundation. There's a foundational idea over here that you see. In the Torah, here's the way it works. The more holiness and the more purity exists in an entity, the more sensitive it is to becoming tummy. Understand what this means? This means like this. Very often, people let, let's focus on our let's focus on our Yiddishkeit. It comes to our Judaism. This is a foundational idea. It's very important. Very often in life, and when we're growing in our Judaism, we're developing, we're learning. What happens is a fact. It's a fact. What happens is we we learn, we're gaining, we're developing, and at a certain point, we feel like we're just stale. We've lost it, and then we're, we're doing the same thing. It's not feeling it. It's not going. It's not going. What that. What is happening there is not really that I've slipped. It's not really that I've fallen. It's not really that I haven't really developed and gotten a greater understanding of what it means to be one with Hashem. It's a, it's a, we, we think that psychologically, and it's a big mistake. What's happening is we're at a point of an additional rebirth. We've done something. We've accomplished something. And now we're ready for something else to happen. We're ready for something new. and But it's within that moment where we feel there's, an, there's a slip and it didn't really happen. I want to connect it to the laws of purity and impurity. Obviously, everything that's in the Torah connects to us. So how do the laws of purity and impurity connect us? In what way? See, here's what happens. I'm becoming a more... I'm, I'm becoming a person who's closer to Hashem. Okay? And I get to a point where I'm like, Tendler, how can somebody who's, who's uh, developing and getting closer to Hashem... How, how are you uh, having problems like this in your life? Or having, how are you having problems like this in your Judaism? I thought you've developed. I thought you're not the same, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, the same level spiritually, whatever that means, right? To be one with Hashem. I thought you've, you've developed and you've gotten a greater understanding. You've become more one with Hashem. Here's what happens. You ready for this? I feel worse because I now am more aware it's just that before I wasn't conscious. I was unconscious. And that's a gift from Hashem. It's a gift from Hashem. The, the, more, here we go, the, the more purity I have in my life, the more, uh, the, the more sensitive I am to impurity. This is a rule. This is a rule in the Torah. You understand? And here, here's how it plays out. If something has no holiness, this cup of coffee has no holiness. If a secondary impurity touches it, what happens to the cup? Nothing. Nothing happened. No problems. Everything's the same. I'm still sitting at a Cardinals game. No tumma. However, this cup is kudshim. It belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. 
it has high levels of holiness, and a secondary impurity touches it, this becomes impure. I don't understand. It's the same cup. When it's a cup at a Cardinals game, nothing happened. Like, but literally nothing happened. There's zero impurity. I could take this into the temple and I could walk wherever I want. Totally fine. But if this cup was a holy cup that touched this box, it now became impure. And I cannot walk. But I don't understand. It's the same thing. The answer is that when there's Kedusha, when there's holiness, the sensitivity to impurity got raised. And this is why in our lives, when a person is purifying ourselves, when we're purifying ourselves, and then we reach issues that we've never had before, and we're like, oh, I must have slipped. The answer is that's a big mistake. It's not that I slipped. It's the opposite. Because I've grown and developed, that's why I'm first noticing this now. Hashem is giving me an awareness that previously I didn't have the merit of being aware of. That's how impurity works. So that's concept number one that I want to introduce this Gemara with. Now there's concept number two. It's connected. This is much shorter. This is quick. And that is just the verbiage. Is that the right word? Verbiage? Right? The, the words that we use. In the, wor- in the world of impurity, when something becomes impure, there's two possible words that we'll see in our Gemara. Word number one can be tummy. If we're calling something Tameh, what that means is, not only is it Tameh, it's capable of perpetuating impurity. Pass it, it can pass it on. If, however, the Gemara uses the word Puzzle, that means it itself is impure, but it cannot continue. If something else touches it, it's done. It's like the end of the line. Something that's Puzzle, it's the end of the line. So if you find the word Puzzle, that means it is impure, but only for itself. There's no further concern. If we find that somebody became Tameh, that means we're concerned about it, and we're going to be concerned about something else touching it. Okay? So if something is Chulin, there's no holiness, it could become a Tutuma, a Shani Tuma. And that's it. You can never have a Shlishi Tuma that belongs to Chulin. It's just a cup. If something is Truma, separated from the Kohen, it can even become a Shlishi. And if something is kachim, it could become a revi'i. There's no such thing as anything past a revi'i tuma. It's impossible. There's no source in the Torah for it. Okay? So again, the less holiness there is, the less susceptibility to impurity. Chulin can only become second, and it's completely done. Truma could become a third. Kachim could also become a third, and it's done. Kachim can even become a fourth. Nothing else could become a fourth. Let's, keep, let's get into the Gemara now with that introduction and those, those foundational ideas. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Since Truma okay, doesn't have a Pasuk telling me that it's Tameh, Lama Tameh, why is it that Truma could become a Shlishi Hatuma, a third Tuma? In other words, says the Gemara, classic Gemara fashion, and everything we do about Judaism is prove it. Prove it. Find me a source. Right? Don't start making up laws on me. 613, not 614. So show me. says name of You should know that Truma explicitly from the verses, you're not going to find Shlishi Atuma. However, we still know it from logic based upon other verses. How so? Just like a Tvulyom. Let's explain what a Tvulyom is. A Tvulyom is a person who is tummy mace, he has impurity by touching a corpse, 
He's gone to the mikvah. Now there's a seven day impurity. Nowadays we're, we're not concerned about this because we don't have the base on mikdash. But back then, you touched the dead body, you became impure for seven days. On day number seven, you would go to the mikvah during the daytime. You are now called tovel, means to immerse. Yom, you immerse today. The Torah says, in order to remove corpse impurity, you need to immerse and wait for the end of day seven. You need to do both. You need to immerse by day and then wait for nightfall. What are you when you immerse, but you didn't have nightfall yet? Where do you stand? Like you're in limbo? Like what's going on here? You're called a tvul yom. Tvul yom means you're like quasi tame because you're still waiting for something, but you're not like a great source of tame. So where do we put you? What is that? The Torah tells us. It says like this. A tvul yom, mutter bechulen, he can eat chulen, as anybody could. Posel betruma. He's not allowed to eat truma. He can eat chulen. He can't eat truma. Kikar sheni. When it comes to a loaf of bread that's a sheni atuma, shepasel bechulen. It itself is pasel for chulen. Again, what does pasel mean? It cannot make anything else impure. How much more so should it be, uh, should it be able to create a shlishi when it comes to a case of truma? So the Gemara is responding that even if you don't have an exact verse, you learn it out from a kavachomer. When you have something which is a lower level truma, giving the ability to create a shlishi, certainly something that has a, a stronger level of truma should be able to create a shlishi. And truma should be susceptible to shlishi. Says the Gemara, not necessarily so. Because if you're ever going to use this logic, where you have something that's lighter, and you find a strictness by a lighter idea, certainly you'll find the strictness by a more severe idea, it better be that the lighter idea, and tell me if this isn't making sense, I hope I'm articulating this well, it better be the lighter idea is always a lighter idea, and this more severe idea is always more severe. Why? Now follow me for a moment. Again, I hope this is not going on too much of a tangent. And that is a rule in life. And everything in life, everything has a trade-off. There's no such thing. You will not find anything in this physical world that doesn't have a trade-off. If you want to do something in one place, you're going to have something in the, it's, you, by, by definition, you cannot be in a different room. If I'm here, I cannot be two places at one time. That's, so says Gemara, I can refute that logic by saying, You know what it's full yaim is? He started out what? As a shani? This guy who touched the dead body, how did he start out? A severe level tumma. So maybe he could make a shlishi. However, the, uh, however a, 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 a secondary loaf of bread, not necessarily so. so the Gemara says, oh, I'll tell you. Okay, tasty mitvul yoim desheretz. Maybe we'll make a, a kavachaymer from a tvul yoim of a sheretz. If somebody uh, touched the sheretz. So he didn't become an avatum, right? He, never, he himself never became an avatum, and still he could continue. So the Gemara says, ma'al yoim desheretz, shekein b'minoi avatum. No, there still is this, uh, the capability of something being an avatoma. For example, what's capable of being, what's an avatoma? The sheretz itself. As opposed to the bread, it's never capable of being connected to an avatoma. The Gemara says, has a stringency that even if something is in the airspace of an earthenware vessel, it becomes tame even without touching. So will let me know that you could give off Tuma even though the airspace is not a, uh, an important factor by Tfulyayim. It's a non-existent idea. So now we get into a classic back and forth 
bottom line, common denominator. Rechayzer adin, and the logic goes back and forth. Lay rizeh, krizeh. A tvul yaim is not like a klicheres. Velay rizeh, krizeh. And a cheres is not like a tvul yaim. So, hatzad ha-shavashavahem. What do you do under these circumstances? You find a common denominator. What is the common denominator between a tvul yaim and between a sheretz? Shemutarim b'chulun u'paisim b'chuma. Bottom line is, they are mutter, as far as Shuma is concerned, they are puzzle as far as um, as far as uh, Truma is concerned. They themselves, it itself, will become puzzle. Koshkin kikersheni shapaisel bechulin kipaisel be Truma. Okay, so this is going to be the makar. This is going to be our source that a loaf of bread in our Mishnah following Rabbi Akiva's drasha, a loaf of bread in our Mishnah that's a sheni atuma, that's a secondary tuma is capable of creating a shlishi on truma. Cannot create shlishi on anything else. Again, if it's chulin, there's no such thing as a shlishi. But if it's truma, it is capable. How? From the common denominator, from the tzadashavah, of tzvul and klicheres. Okay. Now, our Mishnah had said, Shlishi on a truma is a problem. Within that, and that's the halacha, that's fine. However, within our long Mishnah, there's an interesting expression. If we could all just uh, turn back to the beginning of the parak, on the bottom. Um, it's actually uh, eh, 10 lines down in the Mishnah. Chavzayim base. Look at Chavzayin Omviz. If you look at um, Amar Reb Yeshua. Amar Reb Yeshua is, we'll call it about 11 lines down in the Mishnah. The last two words on the line. From, from the beginning of the parak. Look at the beginning of the parak. Move down about 11 lines. The last two words on the line. Amar Reb Yeshua. Yeshua made a statement about this halacha. And he said, Who's going to wake you up, remove the dust from your eyes? Rabbi Yechonon ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yechonon Zakkai, you got to see this psak. Why? Because you, Rabbi Yechonon Zakkai, would say, There's going to be a generation You, Rabbi Yechonon Zakkai, said that later generations, they're going to say that Truma is Tahar by a Klishlishi. Now we just learned that Truma's tummy by Eglishishi. So Yeshua is mamish like, wow, for all eternity now, we know it's Takatami. So you, Rabbi Yeshua, you, you, Rabbi Yechemazak, you are so concerned that one day somebody's going to say that there's no such thing. Well, look, Baruch Hashem, you were wrong. And now everybody knows this. Okay. So let's get back to our Gemara now. The Gemara says, what was the concern that we weren't going to Paskin? What was Rabbi Yechemazakai's concern? So, Vidar Acher Parich, Rabbi Yechemazakai was concerned that maybe one day they'll say that a Shlishi Hatoma of Truma is okay because each one has their own stringencies that outweigh the common denominator. Rabbi Yechemazakai Tzad Chomer Lei Parich, and he said, his opinion was that a tzad chomer, having the the uh, tzadim, 
the the uh, how, do you, how do you literally translate a, a tzad a side having these sides of stringencies is not enough to refute the source. Okay, so now we're explaining just the expression of the Mishnah. You'll be so happy that for now, don't worry, your halacha remains intact. Nobody's bothered by the Tzad Period. Beautiful. All right. Zog the Gemara Viter. Tanya, we learned the Rabbi Summer, Rabbi says, Minayin Leravi Bekaidesh Apostle. Hey, no, there's such a thing as a Ravi Atomon Kaidesh. Right? Chulun could become a Shani, Truba could become a Shlishi, Kachim could become Ravi. How do you know? Vidinu, it's logic. Just like a Mechusiki Purim. Now what's a Mechusiki Purim? Is somebody who went to the mikvah, somebody who had nightfall, but didn't yet bring his sacrifices on day number eight. He's called Mechusiki Purim. He's lacking his kapara. Shemutar b'chuma, he's lacking his shuma, possible kaidish, he's not able to eat kaidish. Shlishi, so a shlishi atuma, shaposal b'chuma, if a person is a shlishi, he's not allowed to eat shuma. Ain't I din, who isn't it logical, sheyaser revi b'kaidish, that he could create a revi'i b'kaidish. V'lamadnu shlishi l'kaidish menatayra, u revi'i mikal v'chaimer. So, we learn out that something, that a truma could become a shlishi, and kachim could become a shlishi, menatayra, and revi'i is learned out from mikal v'chaimer. Shlishi l'kaidish menatayra, minallah, ndechsev, abbasu jigai b'chol tamei l'yachel. Milai askin d'nagasheni, we're certainly not dealing with a sheni atoma, because v'yama rachmana l'yachel. Already said, you're not allowed to eat it. Revi makavachaimer kedamar and Revi and Revi atuma. It's going to be learned down from the kavachaimer, like we just said. What's the kavachaimer of bichusar kipurim? Somebody who's who's uh, has not uh, brought his uh, who has not his brought his karbanas. Okay, so logic tells me that kachim is going to be capable of becoming a Revi hatuma. Am Ravichin Ravichin says tam beribi inedemahu. I don't know what beribi beribi is referring to. Reb Yaisi Rashi says. It's a very, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word of praise. Yeah, he's saying how chashu he is. Um, Rabbi Yaisi's logic, um, I don't know what it is. Shahari Because the tshuva, the response, is next to him. What does that mean? It's on his side. He says, he better know how to stand up for himself because I got a lot of questions on what he's saying. All right? If you have a food that became tummy from a tvul yom, that'll prove that food becomes possible for truma. But it does not, if something touches it, it's not going to cause revi'i by kaidesh. So that we say the same thing is true, the same way that um, food that touches a tvul yom should not be able to, to create a revi. Anything that touches a shlishi atoma should not be able to, to uh, create a ravi. Now, how do I know that that halacha is true, that it's not capable of, that something that touches a tvul yaim is not capable of creating a ravi atoma by kachim? How do you know that? The time learned their b'risa, Abishol, Aymer Abishol says, tvul yaim When you have a tvul yaim, what, where do we view him? What is he? He went to the mikvah, but he was an avatom. He touched avatom. He says like this. We consider you to be a reshine as far as touching something kaidish. As something kaidish touches a tvul yayim, it's going to become a shani. It's like you always touch the risha. Litamei shnayim, the lifsolachar. So he can make some things tamei and some things puzzle. 
Rav Meir, Rav Meir says, Mitame echad echad. He can make some things, uh, one thing tame and one thing puzzle. One tame, one puzzle. Okay. Now, again, what's tame? Something that it itself becomes, imp- I'm, I'm sorry, that it itself is able to create impurity. What does the word puzzle mean? It itself becomes tame, but it doesn't continue anything else. Right? So if you have chulim that touches it, it's puzzle. If you have uh, kachim that touches it, it's going to continue on. It's going to be tummy. It's going to continue on. Same thing is true when it comes to liquids. In other words, they say that um, if you have food that touches the tzvul yom, so that's going to be a problem for chuma. But that food cannot create a revi as far as hektish. Maskevler of Papa, of Papa has a challenging question. Mimai de Rabbiasi, Kurabonon Sphere Had to know that Rabbiasi holds like the Rabbonon, that it's full young, cannot create a revi. Doma Kabashol Sphere Lay, Mimil Zagabashol, Doma Litamishnaim, Vilivsol Echad, who holds that a Tvul Yam has the ability to make two things Tame and one thing Possel. Okay, two things Tame means it could continue Tuma, and one thing Possel meaning it became. A Ravi. Sigmar says, no, Isak that the Kabashol, Sri Lev gonna tell me that Rabbi Yaisi holds a Kabashol, Laisi Le Ravi, Bekaidesh Maikal Shaba, Machmas Tvulyam. You should have used the source of uh, Ravi Bakaidesh from food that touched eight Tvulyam. And I'll say like this What's the Kabachimer? Uma Aichalabo Machmas Tvulyam. If you have food that became Tomei by touching a Tvulyam, the Tvulyam Gufei Mutter Bechulin. In such a case, we know that a Tzvulyayim himself is capable of, is allowed, certainly allowed, Tichulin, Amrit Aisar Vibakaydish, but still, the food that touched the Tzvulyayim, who's Lad Tichulin, can create so far as a Ravi by Kaydish. So, Eichel Shlishi Habo Machmasheni, when you have food that is a Shlishi Atoma, that touched food that is a Sheni Atoma, the Sheni Gufei Aser Bechulin, the Sheni Atoma itself, is Aser, if it's Chulun, if you have Chulun, that became a Shini Atoma, so now it's Tameh, how much more so should he be able to make it a Ravi Bakaydesh? If you're going to ask on me and say, no, you're wrong, you can say to that logic, but he learns out from Mechosiki Purim, and nobody, and nobody argued on him. So, his, his point is, he says, I've got a great question on Rabbi I don't know how he would answer. I, I get, I totally get it. He holds like he holds like the Chachamim, but uh, but uh, you know, as far as um, my original question of not understanding what what uh, what Rabbi is saying, I uh, I'm sticking to my guns. Okay, so this was explaining his his uh, initial problem. All right, Gavaldik. So we're walking away with this Gemara with this uh, source of dispute. Amongst the Tanoim, and we will hold it here for today. Bezrin will pick up from Amar Ravasi, Amar Rav tomorrow morning. Uh, we're we're Bezrin. We will continue this sugya of Rishon Atoma, Sheni Atoma, Shlishi, and Ravi. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. A good nerve shabbos.